2: How many tabs do you guys have open right now?
3: Oh, like at least 30, maybe more.
1: Definitely a lot too much. Yeah, it's tough to keep up with them all. Why is there not a solution that we can put everything within one roof on one tab?
3: I mean, I feel like it's just kind of difficult. You know, there's a lot of components yeah. going on.
0: Yeah, a lot of moving pieces, I would say. Have you guys heard of Hospitality Hub?
3: No, what's that?
1: No. Thanks to our sponsor, TravelNet, you can now integrate the best solutions into Hospitality Hub, a single tool within the award winning Track software. Optimize and integrate with Hospitality Hub, the most powerful platform for property management teams. Learn more with a link in our show notes. Welcome to Good Morning Hospitality, your one stop shop for the latest news, noteworthy trends, and thought provoking discussions across the industry. From hotels and short term rentals to all things travel and hospitality, You'll find each episode equips you with the information that you need to start your week. Join us on Good Morning Hospitality every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Good morning.
3: Good morning.
0: Hello. How are we doing? Living the dream? Yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: I was going to say, look at us all wearing our brands and representing... (laughs) wherever we come from outside of the show. I love it. well uh, you your case, Will. that too, that too. <laughs> how was your guys weekend? Pretty good.
3: Yeah. I've just been doing kind of like, you know, big, uh, rebrand triage, kind of making sure that everything has gone well over the last week. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, I tried to lay low.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, uh, congrats on the rebrand. Obviously we're going to talk about it more today, but love it. It's, uh, a lot a lot cleaner yeah no more sexy sexton <laughs> yeah no more sexy sexy <laughs> i love it how about you michael how
1: was the weekend same old same old saturday donuts with the boy um did, took him to gymnastics for the first time he loved it just running around like a wild man yeah uh, yeah good weekends and then um this whole spring forward thing gets a lot of people, but I'm a morning person, so it's great. Get the day started off. Yeah. I totally forgot
0: that happened last night, so I'm glad <laughs> we all made it on time and didn't. It's <laughs> 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 oh, too good. Well, uh, some industry news happened, Well, maybe not just industry, worldwide news happened last week. But before we jump into that, we will cover it at the end. Our main focus is to obviously highlight our amazing co-host and our special guest, Andreas King-Giovannis, who will be joining us here in just a minute. But uh, before we get going and start jumping into all the news, we want to give a awesome shout out to our friends at AirDNA who give us a special stat or fact of the week. And this week we have, what short-term rental markets are you seeing Or are seeing the most demand this year. And it will be small cities, suburban and mid-sized cities that have highest growth rates that are around 20% year over year. And that's just from January. So that's not counting February and, of course, March. Urban and mountain locations grew 15% year over year, lagging only slightly behind. And this includes cities like Scottsdale, Arizona. And then you have Las Vegas. Palo Alto, and Breckenridge, Colorado. So not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you, Air DNA, for the stat of the week. And for anyone who wants to get their own stats, you can use the link in our show notes and the code GMH20 to get 20% off. They only give 20% off the people they really like. So you're welcome. Nice segue, Will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Outside of that, should we welcome Andreas in?
3: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Let's bring him on. Andreas, good morning. I am hoping for that suit that. jacket,
2: man. Snazzy. I don't know if I've ever seen me that dressed up. Thanks. I, I'm. I still need my uh, Romy swag. I need to pick it up from uh, from our warehouse.
3: <laughs> I literally the other day I had just the entire conference room was just a sea of shirts. I opened up three boxes and I was like, this isn't a lot of boxes, and it just exploded everywhere. So yeah, the, the warehouse is covered in Romy swag right now. <laughs>
0: It's a good problem to have, good problem to have, you know, who doesn't love a good swag.
2: Exactly. I, I
0: sure I sure love it. So I'll send um, you a
2: t-shirt. Do you know swag is actually an acronym? I didn't know that until a few months ago.
0: Was it do you know what it stands for? It for? Yeah. Give it give us the details. Expand.
2: Shit, we all get. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. good. That's a good but one. Brandy, Brandy got really creative with our swag. I think we have some. Romeo eye masks and uh, some some branded uh, metal water bottles. So the the, the my warp. favorite
3: my favorite <laughs> yeah. one, which was coming later, is a coloring book that has Romeo, our little mascot, like in all of our different locations. Um, that's uh, going to be something we can like leave in the room for the kids and everything. So that'll be fun.
2: That's nice what the, yeah. the best hotel brands do. They they hook the kids. They start selling the kids. Mm-hmm. They it's, it's multi generational. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's too smart. Um, well,
0: it's exciting because this episode has actually been coming for a long time. But, you know, finally got it cranked out March 7th and announced the rebrand in the, the capital raise. So I'm curious from the both of you, what what truly inspired the rebrand? Was it because you raised capital and felt like Sextant was kind of just like, uh, you know, old you kind of like t- that. So 2020 or uh, what was kind of like the big, the big shift behind the rebrand for you guys?
2: Yeah, I think Brandy and I have always seen eye to eye on this. Uh, when Sexton first started, uh, I bought properties. And so I bought my very first one and I wasn't really focused on building this consumer facing brand. It was more about, you uh, Real estate acquisition, and so sextant. Uh, the original slogan was navigating the next generation of real estate. And of course, if you're one of uh, 20 people on Nantucket, you know what a sextant is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually a pretty common name for uh, search firms or professional services. If you Google it, you'll see uh, it's it's pretty common. But for a consumer-facing name, uh, it wasn't it just wasn't the end goal but we had a very specific focus on saying let's build a business that actually works first and then we're going to do all the fun stuff second and build the brand and build the marketing i think a lot of uh a lot of startups do the inverse where they build this great brand first uh but they haven't really figured out the problem they're solving
0: Hmm. that's really good i like that what about you brandy what's your what's your thoughts on switching from Sextant to Romy?
3: well so all of that and then also you know just kind of having to deal with explaining to people whether it's a vendor or a guest so before you especially with a guest before you even get to selling the product or getting them into a room you're like no it's like s-e-x-t-a-n-t like you have to kind of like take them all the way through it and you're like it's not anything you know uh illegal it is a navigational tool and you know you so you kind of have this whole all this friction before you actually get to talk about what we're actually selling um also all of our ads would get disapproved the first round so that's like a minor thing but uh, like every time we'd launch an ad on google or facebook i would just get like a flood of emails like this is disapproved and you have to go and change it um and so you know, those are like the minor thing, but it's it's big when people immediately look at your name and all they see is sex, that's not what you want to have happened. <laughs> yeah, there are
2: also kind of these idiosyncratic challenges we had kind of like um, having uh, social media ads, needing, needing additional approvals. I remember one time we actually had a uh, compliance audit for our bank and our banker, um, asked, you know, hey, just want to make sure that these aren't hourly rentals. And so at at (laughs) that point, that was that was early, early days. uh, And and that was when we really knew, okay, uh, let's build a business. And then and then, yes, eventually change the name before we get too big.
3: Yeah. And you want something that people can say. So if eventually the goal is to go be international and we have a lot of international guests, you want something that like, you know, A lot of people can kind of sound out or you know sextant just had a lot of there was a lot of complicated sounds in there that you know were difficult for our international audience
2: yeah it's it's the process to come up with the name it's interesting it's really more of a science than an art i think most people think it's it's an art but it's really kind of like do i have the domain do i have the social handles uh five five letters two syllables that's kind of uh the the gold standard and then can you use it as as a noun or a verb, just like you would say, oh, I'm gonna get an Uber or I'm Ubering to the conference. We wanted something that that had that same ease of use.
1: Well, and and that's especially important when you're taking on Airbnb straight on, like these TechCrunch articles are uh are pointing out. Part- what Were <laughs> the people reading the press release that don't know who Romy slash Sextant is? Are you taking on airbnb
2: uh not (laughs) not yet not yet i think really we're disrupting hotels we're disrupting traditional uh hospitality accommodations you know we do that by offering a, a product that's six times larger than your typical hotel at at half the price so in that sense, sure. A, a better title would have been taking on the the traditional hotel. Airbnb is is not a hotel; it's a platform, it's an OTA, it's a marketplace. So um, TechCrunch didn't quite get that part right, and uh, I didn't let it bother me too much. But I did read the headline and kind of do a facepalm and and. Uh, <laughs> And I actually just didn't read the rest of the article. <laughs> they, they
1: still compare Vikasa and Sonder and all of that as well, yeah. even though they're publicly traded and all of their stuff is readily available. So, yeah, it's uh, still a learning curve in the short-term rental industry, the the media side, understanding exactly the different verticals. But not with you're us. More much more akin to Marriott than you are Airbnb.
2: Sure. Yes. It, it, I remember when Brandy and I would uh, go on these pitches together, and this is you know, early 2017, 2018, and the concept of Airbnb was still very novel to landlords. And one of the biggest clues that a landlord just had no idea what they were talking about uh, would be if they asked, so how do you compete with Airbnb? And yeah. and that was that's that's the vibe I got from the TechCrunch article. But appreciate the appreciate the coverage. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll get it next time. The press is yeah. good press.
3: I had a fr- I have a bunch of my friends that work in tech. They're like, we saw your TechCrunch article. Like, we can't believe. Like, they're thinking that that's what our goal is. And I was like, oh no. Like,
2: no. You, you know what the worst part <laughs> of the article was? Is there's a quote in there, and I think it's kind of supposed to be a theoretical. Uh, paraphrase of me waking up in the morning and saying, hey, I'm going to take on Airbnb. <laughs> um, <laughs> not not, not 100% accurate. I do think eventually, in the grand scheme of things, when you are in hundreds of markets, sure, then then you kind of make that transition from operator uh, to marketplace. You can kind of almost make that argument with, with Sonder or Vekasa. Uh, But you really do have to have a much larger footprint to be considered uh, a platform. Well, you
1: mentioned Sonder. Maybe I mentioned him first, but Sonder is more or less a, a competitor of yours. And we saw them go public, what, 18 months or so ago. And it's down, what, 92%, something like that in the 90s. What makes you guys different and maybe more fiscally responsible than
2: uh, your publicly listed competition? For sure. So, I think one of the biggest advantages we had, which was totally unclear to me when we started, was starting without any capital. We learned to solve problems where if we had money, money would have been that solution. And going back, to what I said earlier about building the business first and then the brand second. I think when you look at some of these companies, even back in 2021, it did feel a little frothy. It did feel uh, over overvalued. And so I think not starting with any money uh, made us a lot more Creative and focused on financials. If we weren't profitable, then uh, then the company ceased to exist. So just the way that that we started the business, uh, offshoring and and hiring a global talent pool instead of uh, just hiring software developers from Silicon Valley, all all of those all of those choices were were made out of necessity because we didn't have money, and they turned out to to be the right choices. It's just the market wasn't really rewarding that. Uh, the last five or six years.
1: And when you look at Lyric and Domio and Stay Alfred and some of the kind of big splashy brands that raised, I mean, a combined probably hundred two hundred million hundred, $200 million. How, how did all of that go so wrong so fast? And how are you guys able to kind of keep the ship righted? um, Maybe in a, A different answer than you're fiscally responsible like what lighting that much money on fire that quickly is is not an easy task um is is it structuring deal terms or i know you guys are big on on the furniture side of
2: things (laughs) yeah sure i'll let i'll let brandy jump in first and i'll i'll
3: Well, I definitely think it is a combination of like our deal structure. We're not like totally committed to necessarily like the rental arbitrage model. It's okay. There's this building that we're going after first. Does it fit? Is it in a market or in a neighborhood that we know is going to be successful? And then it's, you know, every deal is kind of tailored to that landlord. So we're trying to create the best deal for us and for our landlord partner. And so we've just been, you know, I think very strategic in the deals that we've chosen and um yeah i think that's definitely one of one of the key things and making sure that those buildings are actually profitable so that it gives us room to cover all of our other costs and i think that where some of our competitors went um you know maybe wrong or just made some questionable decisions at the time was choosing any building they could get their hands on because they wanted to grow their footprint as fast as possible and a lot of that is Directive from investors, which I understand there's like a lot of that pressure. And then also paying exorbitant rents at the time where there was just no hope of ever making money.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We met, uh, I, I guess I met Brandy and Andreas probably six years ago when I was at Rented and we were doing Rented Capital. And we were looking at deals. We were losing out on deals that were going like 50% above market rate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like just how you, how that math pencils, I don't know. Um, but you guys come in with long-term structures, whole buildings, not individual units and buildings. I think, I mean, the, the individual unit piece alone is key because you want people to experience it, to feel a little more like a hotel than, you know, living like a local It's a great slogan, but people don't want to act like a local when they're traveling, typically. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'm really impressed watching how you guys have grown through the years. What's next? What are you doing with all this newfound money?
2: Yeah, before I answer that, just one other comment. I think the first first crack in the facade was really uh, WeWork's implosion. Prior to that, in 2019, people didn't know whether revenue was going to be uh, exponential like a software company, or if it was going to be linear. And of course, it turned out that revenue is linear, costs are linear. Sometimes for some companies, revenue is linear and costs are actually exponential. So there was kind kind of this tough time in the industry where people didn't know how to look at this asset, whether it was truly, um, maybe not software. No one thought it was software, but really is it, is it tech enabled? Is it not? And, uh, and really we changed everything. And so all of those companies, those founders, I, I know personally, they're incredibly smart, they're talented. They've gone on to start really successful companies in in our space, but what the average person doesn't see, is that when you raise that much money, there's immense pressure to deploy it, and if valuations are going up, and valuations are based off of a multiple of of revenue, at least back back then they were, then that business uh, model actually makes sense. And of course, some people made money uh, investors who who sold their uh, Series A shares at Series B or Series C. They they made plenty of money and. And some, some people in the company certainly took some uh, chips off the table. So these people, um, it's, it's not just, it, it's a little bit of a balance whether to say how much of this was um, a result of your environment and a VC giving you money and telling you to, to scale as if you're Netflix versus your own decisions. And as you get to a later stage in the company, you actually do lose control. Uh, depending on you know how many board seats you you start with and and what you negotiate at those funding rounds but uh, i i would say it's it's a it's a mix of 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 both but vcs certainly aren't aren't scot free of of all the blame
1: yeah on the valuation piece you know even 12 18 months ago we're seeing valuations that are 20 40 X revenue. Um, describe to us how detrimental that actually is to the company um, moving forward for those that might have raised in 2021. or.
2: Yeah, sure. So the expectation is that you're always growing the enterprise value. So if you raise at, uh, you know, 100 million pre-money, the expectation is that 18 months from now. Uh, your company should be worth double, and so when you raise uh, at such a high valuation, you end up with these flat rounds or or even down rounds, which really, uh, which really hurt the growth. So there are obviously pros and cons to to raising at a high valuation. But going back to to Sonder, people thought they were kind of getting in at a great rate before, uh, the public at $10 a share. And now it's about, it's about a dollar. So it's, uh, it's really, uh, a, a mixed bag raising at, at such a high valuation. And yeah, we're 80 cents right now so, Yeah, Talked down twelve today. Yeah. 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 Sonder did have a, a press release that they had some money in SVB, but, uh, I guess we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, and, in a minute,
1: yeah, we can jump Lovely. to that. If, is there anything else you want to share about the the Roman news? I guess the follow up question was, where are you guys going from
2: here? Right. So we're executing on the exact same strategy and and vision we have really for the last four years, which is control the entire guest experience by operating full buildings. Uh, we have this focus on on building density, so we only have. A couple pins in the map and that's really done by design we don't want to get into uh 30 markets and have you know 20 or 30 units in in each market it's really been about building density and with the rebrand we're going to start doing some pretty interesting things we're going to be rolling out what i think is a world first uh in the form of a market-wide amenity so instead of having an amenity like a pool or a rooftop that's confined to one building we actually want guests uh, from different buildings to, to interact with each other uh, and really build that build that human connection that Airbnb is 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 lacking amongst guests. Yeah, what, and uh, I can-, can you can you share more on that? Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> Brandy, do you want to do you want to give a little glimpse
3: Sure. So um, some people might remember the up, the floating mansion. Um, It was on Netflix and we managed it for um, several months and then someone bought it. So um, it also became famous for uh, him trying to avoid taxes in Florida. But it's this big, beautiful (laughs) uh, floating mansion. And so we have purchased a smaller version that has a rooftop and a hot tub and the summer kitchen on the top. And the idea is to get a couple of these and you create kind of like this little club or resort out in the Bay. And so anyone staying um, in our Miami properties will be able to go. And it's kind of like, I guess our version of a a clubhouse or something like that, a little bit cooler, a little bit more Miami. Um, And so the first one will be delivered this year and we'll start testing the waters with our guests here. Um, But it's going to be definitely a first. It's really exciting. It's very, very cool. And I think that's the The fun thing about this brand that we couldn't do before is that there's just so much more room to play. And now that we have a solid business underneath us, we can do some of these fun things, which we've been putting off. And, you know, for years I've always been like, you know, trying, when do we get to do all the fun things? I remember looking at Domio and Lyric and how amazing their branding was. And we finally have reached that moment where now we get to, to play a little bit.
1: Who's driving this houseboat to New Orleans for the
2: next? Time? <laughs> it
3: goes very slow, so I don't know if it's making it to
2: New Orleans. <laughs> it is. It is navigable. Yeah. So it can it can propel itself. But the general idea is when you look at uh, at some of the best hotel brands, whether it's Soho House or uh, the Standard or the W, part of the reason why people stay at these brands is because they're not only interacting with the own group with their own group that they came with but they're also interacting with uh with other people at that hotel whether it's at you know lobby bar or a restaurant or somewhere else and so we thought airbnb sonder vacasa certainly they all kind of lack lack that uh hotels have have done a great job of that but no one goes and books a sonder and says, oh, I'm so excited to see what other uh, guests are, are also staying at this sonder. And so that's really the experience that we wanted uh, to, to recreate, but really in a seamless, unforced uh, way. We didn't want to do like a, a lame happy hour or, or something like that. We wanted to really recreate the best amenity in, in all of South Florida. And so when you look at all of our guests, whether, um, whether they're 60 and with their family or they're there for a bachelorette party, um, everyone wants to be able to get out on the water, uh, have a good time, have a drink or two, and, uh, and do it for free, most importantly. So that, that was one of the common denominators, and we thought, what's going to appeal to all ages and all demographics?
1: I love it. I can't wait to, to visit it. Coming soon. That's right. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, you mentioned SVB earlier and I know how financial your mind works. Can you walk us through what happened? And then I think the story might have a semi happy ending, but it's still very much playing out.
2: Yeah, sure. So based on, on what I've looked at 2021 was just kind of this, Absolute anomaly of a fundraising year, and SVB uh, had all of these deposits because interest rates were low and money was effectively free, and they put about half of that capital in these long-term, uh, long-term low-yield instruments. So they think they're earning one and a half percent interest. And then, of of course, uh, 2022 comes along, and uh, and interest rates are are uh, starting to creep up. Inflation is also creeping up. So they're effectively uh, losing money on uh, on this investment, which I think was close to $100 billion or so. Um, and they need liquidity because their customers are not raising as big rounds. They're, the rounds aren't as frequent. And of course, these companies are all uh, burning cash very, very quickly. So it, it looks like as soon as they announced that they were going to sell uh, some of those bonds at a loss, that triggered uh, a really fighter-like response. Yeah. yeah. And the
1: executives had some sketchy moves throughout all of this, selling millions of dollars of shares just a couple of weeks ago. They, they obviously saw this coming. Shares of SVB itself tanked like 60%, which kind of triggered this bank run. And you've got guys in chief roles over there who, were, who was the CFO at Lehman Brothers when it collapsed. So I don't know how employable your resume is if you've led two banks to utter destruction uh, I can't imagine that person's ever gonna get a job again, but they probably will. <laughs> probably and will. I can assure you, yeah. I will not be banking at that bank. Agreed. Um, you
3: also, you also had um, like Peter Thiel and a couple other people mm-hmm. just telling all of the people, all the companies that they invested in, to immediately withdraw their cash. So you had like a very concentrated bank run. Also, like the kind of your lead investor telling this entire, you know, ecosystem of companies to pull their money at one time, which Oh, so they got all their money
1: Bit though. The founders yeah. <laughs> Fund got all their money out so they didn't yeah. have to sweat it. So it's better to be first in a bank run than last. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But the the happy ending at the end of all of this, uh, the government is funding non-taxpayer money to bail out or, or make all these deposits whole. So you know, I know lots of founders were extremely stressed from Thursday till Sunday, but Uh, According to the Fed, that money will be in, or the Treasury, that money will be in their account sometime today so they can make payroll. Um, So this all happened really fast. There's fears of contagion. I I think another bank was closed today or uh, yesterday. Signature Signature bank bank closed
0: yesterday. Yeah.
1: So do we think there's contagion? Should, Should we all make sure our FDIC deposits are less than 250
2: K <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's nice to be on the other side of this because now we can go to uh, landlords and banks and and do a margin call and ask to see their proof of funds not it's not always uh, you don't always get the opportunity as an operator to sit on that side of the table but um, you know I haven't seen what the stock market is uh, is is doing right now but I think you know the Fed making all the depositors whole obviously not the bank itself but the depositors whole is is probably the right call normally i i would say no government intervention but i do think we just would have lost a wave of of great startups that really didn't do anything wrong and that's what what i think makes america great and makes us competitive is we're extremely innovative and and iterative and we certainly would want to see that continue
1: yeah someone had done the analysis and, and it would have projected 120,000 job losses like this week by companies not making payroll mm-hmm. so yeah. i mean that's that's a big chunk of the tech industry um, and yeah it, uh, a lot of people are hurting right now with how much inflation is going on and, and all that that'd be a big sting to to lose that and and then I mean, you have to imagine half of our vendors that are startups are also banking yeah. with SVB. I know two of my previous companies had accounts with SVB at some point. Um, so you know, glad glad this has come to a semi happy resolution. Yeah. We're not out of I the woods yet. Say... Let's see what happens
0: over the next seven days of yeah. uh, contagion well, spreads. I... I did get an email this weekend. One, one of our partners that we work with on advertising and sponsorship was impacted completely because all of their money was there. So that's uh, unfortunate, I won't say names for obvious reasons, but um, you know, it's, it also makes you like my team was messaging me on Slack and text this weekend saying like, Hey, like we're not a, a VC funded startup, but they're like, "We good. we, we we're going to make payroll this, this month and, and all this other <laughs> stuff. And so it's like, you know, it does make you, I think for anyone, whether they're a, a venture back startup with SVB or just in any local bank, even in general, probably be a little bit, um, you know, hesitant or worried for kind of what's going on with the funds. And especially with you guys raising, you know, the 14 million, like glad that you guys weren't impacted and weren't all, uh, you know, getting, it, it makes you think about, yeah, the vendors and, all the pieces where this money does come from and how you can kind of. It's all in Bitcoin. It's safe. Yeah. Safe. yeah all of in our. Yeah. That's
3: exactly it. Yeah. We'd, have, we'd be having a much different interview if that was the case.
0: <laughs> <Okay. laughs> if all of are... Bitcoin's up 15% today. So. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. would say you guys would be on that on that yacht already. You'd be like, what? <laughs> be like... Do we have to do a podcast interview today? <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. <Yeah.
1: laughs> awesome. Well, I think that's uh, about wraps it up appreciate you joining andreas congrats brandy big big news uh excited to see where it goes and super excited for this clubhouse if yeah, yeah well
3: well actually we should when it happens we'll have to do a gmh live from there that'll definitely be an episode
2: we (laughs) we need some willing beta testers so i don't know if you would know of anyone but no. As long as it's not summer, because. All right, twist my <laughs> yeah, arm.
0: Twist dark. my arm. Oh. I'll, I'll be there. I'll fly out tomorrow if you guys really need me that bad. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll test exactly. it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys both. And for anyone who wants to check out more Romy stuff, where do they go? Just for easy access, obviously.
3: Romy.com. We have that five letter domain name.
0: <laughs> I love it. Love it. I'll put the link in the show notes. All of our live viewers, thank you so much for tuning in. For all of our listeners, make sure you check out the show notes, like and subscribe, and we'll see you guys all again next week.